in that country called Romania. Romania is somewhere in the Eastern Europe. Unfortunately, our PowerPoint doesn't work tonight, but uh, in the spirit, you know where Eastern Europe is, and if you'll Google it, you'll see it even better. But uh, because I lived under communism for many years, and I served the Lord there, I realized how important sometimes it is for a church and for a Christian that tool that God is using sometimes in a very effective way, and it is called persecution. Recently, somebody heard a Christian in Eastern Europe praying for the Christians of America, Lord, send over America persecution, because they need to know you better. A perse- we, 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 we don't want persecution, we don't like persecution, we dislike persecution, but brothers and sisters, sometimes we need persecution because only then we get closer to God. Well, I apologize for my broken English, but um, I heard the story of a church, of a pastor, um, and in that church, in his church, there was a little old lady with the gift of encouragement. And all the time when the service was uh, ready, the pastor went, he had a very good uh, habit or custom, he went to the entrance there and shake, uh, was shaking, the, uh, greeting the people, shaking their hands and encouraging them. And this little lady, she, she got this special and very rare gift of encouraging people, and uh, all the time when she was shaking the pastor's hands, uh, she was encouraging him and telling him, Pastor, the message was great. And the pastor, like every other pastor in this world, went home happy because the message was great and was good. But once the pastor knew that the message was not great, he knew that he was tired, was not pretty well prepared. But at the end of the message, he stood at the door there, started to shake the hands of the people, and he saw on the aisle coming this old lady. And she was thinking, now what is going to tell me now, the lady? And the lady took the pastor's uh, hand in her hand, and she said, Pastor, the text was great. So, uh, for tonight, I have a great text. At the end, you'll see about the message. But please encourage me. Uh, thank you very much for receiving us here, for having us. Thank you very much, pastor and leaders. I mean, uh, you are a bold uh, pastor and courageous to let me stand here. And uh, in spite of the fact that you don't know me, but I'm so grateful and we are so grateful to God. And we thank the Lord for the Anderson family who brought us here. May the Lord richly bless them and, uh, and their ministry. They are still serving the Lord. But uh, in my first pastorate there in Romania, that was 1982, um, I started to preach the mighty gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, at that time I didn't quite uh, know that when a church 
started to grow, the, the pastor of the church got into trouble with the secret police without knowing it. So, the Lord gave me that gift of evangelism, and uh, the Spirit started to grow the church, to multiply it. And the secret police get, uh, got very upset, because when they saw... Uh, that the church was growing, a Christian church was growing, they were, uh, uh, an, uh, they were serving an atheist system. They got mad with the leader of that uh, church, and they sent me word to leave. They sent me a message to leave that church, that town, and that county. I refused. After a few weeks... They uh, changed their method of, uh, in, uh, and they tried their, their method of getting me out of the town. And uh, they wanted to intimidate me. And they sent a guy to beat me up. One thing, though, that the secret police didn't know was that before I came to Christ and I was converted, I was a boxer. <laughs> and, and, and I was not afraid of any kind of fights. Not, not afraid at all. And uh, it happened that that guy who was sent to beat me up was even shorter than me. So it, it would have been a real pleasure for me, you see. <laughs> even if I was a, a pastor, you see. <laughs> I'm just kidding now. Yeah, but uh, he came, uh, when he came in the church, I, uh, I was preaching and I suddenly saw him weeping. And I didn't know what was happening, only at the end I realized what was going on. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And after the service, he came into my little, very little office, and uh, he said, Pastor Daniel, I was sent here to beat you up. Please put a band-aid on one of your cheeks and break some windows of the church building, and then they will know that I was here. Because they really want to hurt you. But uh, I didn't leave that town then and the church. But after five years, the Lord called me into a bigger town. And uh, I took over there another church. And the church started to grow again. And then I knew that soon I'm going to be, into, uh, to be again in trouble with the secret police. And that was happening. And that happened. After two years of ministry in that uh, town, in that church, the two secret officers uh, came to me and said to me, Pastor, you are going to be annihilated. And then for the first time I got really scared and I panicked. Annihilated was, uh, you are going to be killed. I got scared, why? And I panicked inside because... Twelve months before I buried one of my fellow pastors who was, uh, uh, who was killed by them. They were specialized in killing people when they uh, didn't like him. So I, I panicked, but I could still look into their eyes, although I, inside I was uh, scared. And I told them this, Gentlemen, you cannot scare me with heaven. They, they, they scared me with death, but uh, I had this impulse inside me. I told them, listen, you cannot scare me with heaven. And they knew that heaven is a better place than earth. And it seems that they didn't want me, though, to get there. I mean, in a better place, uh, that, that is just my thinking. But the Lord protected me, 
And after uh, a few months, the revolution came, and on December uh, 25th, on December 89, the dictator Nikolai Ceausescu and his wife were killed. But the Lord called me at that time to, for two years after the Romanian Revolution, He called me in Australia. And I pastored there one church, and I planted another church. But after f six years of living in Australia, the Lord told us to go back to Romania in our home country. And that time I went there as a missionary, and I'm still there working with my wife um, uh, as a missionaries with European Christian Mission International. And um, the reason we are here now is that uh, we are praying and looking for churches to partner with us, come over there and help us plant new churches. Uh, the doors are still open in our country, although I realize that in few and few areas, you see, in communism was a bit better than in capitalism, spiritually talking, because uh, in that period of time, people didn't have so many options. You either uh, went and uh, sat in front of a TV for two hours per day. That was uh, that meant communism. TV only two hours per day, and in that uh, programs you saw only the president and his uh, factories and his visits uh, here and there, and that was it. So you had uh, only uh, one option: either to become an atheist or something occurred, or to go to a church. But now. You see, in, in freedom, people have so many options. There is so much competition. The church has such a huge competition. And that's why we admire you as American Christians and we, we honor you because in capitalism you still choose to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, and to stay under the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, we came here and we are praying uh, and we are asking you too to, to come over to Romania. I, I officially invite the pastor to come over there to visit us. And if he, do, if he doesn't want to come, please push him to come for, for 10 days, for 10 days of suffering. And then he will come back. Uh, he'll come back here a much better preacher and a much better uh, pastor. Uh, because uh, we've been in America for three uh, weeks already, I realized one thing, and no offense, although I'll take the risk, but I hope that you won't be offended by what I'm going to tell you. I realized that you Americans are God's spoiled children. But it's nice to be spoiled. And one thing that is very dangerous for me now is this, that I started to like being spoiled. Because for three weeks now I'm being spoiled. But in three weeks' time we'll go back uh, to our country and uh, I won't be spoiled again. But one thing that I admire again in America is that in spite of the fact that you are spoiled and don't take it for granted, young generation, don't take 
your life for granting here and don't take America for granting. But one thing that I like very much is that in spite of the fact that you are God's spoiled children, you are sharing your blessings with others. Because I realized one thing, that smart Christians and wise Christians, the blessing that they are receiving from the Lord are willing to share with the others in need. So, the second reason we are here these weeks is, is, is that we are looking for support for our ministry there, for us as a family to stay in the fields and to win more people for Christ. My wife is working with Esther Foundation. Esther Foundation is a pro-life ministry. It's a ministry that fights abortion. And in the 11 years of ministry, they saved their organization. They saved 1,200 babies from death. And they also saved souls of those mothers from, from death and from hell because some of those mothers came to the saving faith, and they repented. So, we, all, we, we need this, uh, this support, uh, spiritual support and financial support, and if the Lord put on your heart to support us on a regular basis, that, that will be a great encouraging, uh, encouragement for us to stay in the field there and continue to preach the, the word, to win people for Christ, and to plant new churches and save more babies. So, at the end, at the end of the service, I... I have, we have these brochures somewhere on a table there, or a prayer cards. Please pick one. They are free. And, and, uh, and, and pray for us, because we do need, and here it is, uh, you will find more information uh, about us and how you can support our ministry. I also, from time to time, I write books, and I, I wrote a book uh, that was translated into English. It is called When God Defies Logic. Um, and uh, we, I have uh, a few books with me, he, he, me here. I have few books with me here. So if you are interested to take one, but it will be a great encouragement if you will help us a little bit. If you are interested to take one book or buy one book, that will help us with our traveling expenses here in America. But there is no pressure to buy a book or to, uh, uh, to do that. But as the Lord uh, leads you. But because the doors uh, at the moment... Uh, when I came from Australia in 1997, I took, I took a church and the Lord blessed. I took over a church, the Lord blessed. And the church in 11 years grew from 40 in membership to 400. And I saw how the Spirit of, of God is moving and was moving. We are, not, we, are, we are not so charismatic as you are here, but we believe in the same Lord as you believe here. And we worship not quite like you here, but we are not far away from what I felt here, from what I saw here tonight. And I am praising the Lord for what I saw here already, and my wife uh, also with me. So, but the Lord told me, when you get to a membership of 300, you'll plant, you have to plant another church in the town of Timisoara, where we are based now. And this is what I've done. But last year, in May, uh, I resigned the big church. My wife was not so happy because she liked the big church. And when we started again from zero, it was not very pleasant. But we are there. 
the Lord started to bless us. The, the little church is growing. We are uh, around 40 membership. We, uh, we built a little chapel there of uh, 111 uh, chairs or seats. So this is where we are and what we are doing at the moment. And one great thing, though, is that the Spirit started to multiply the church. And this little church called the Rock Church... Um, already is planting two other churches in two villages where there is no evangelical witness and there is no uh, an evangelical church. So we need help uh, there. We are interested in people, in missionaries to come over there and help us. We are interested in teams from this church to come over there and do with our kids uh, VBS or if you, you like to work with the teenagers for around 10 days, that will be a great blessing for us. But one great thing that was happening last year is this. Um, last year, a, pit, a, 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 a lot of land, uh, yes, a piece of land next door came for sale. And we wanted and we still want to buy it. It is 2,200 square meters. Squ a square meter, it's a bit, a meter, it's a bit bigger than a square yard. I don't know, well, meters, yards, it's a bit difficult. But uh, 2,200 square meters, but um, uh, last year, one square meter of land uh, cost uh, $500. Very expensive. Only one square meter is $500. Uh, the cost of living in Romania are very expensive. They are higher than here, unfortunately, although Romania, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, poor country, but uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit civilized too. But we said, Lord, we don't have the money. We, we don't have so much money to buy 2,200 square meters times uh, 500. That would be a lot of money, almost a million dollars. But we said, Lord, we are a little church, but we have a great God. And, uh, and this year, at the beginning, we started to fast and pray. And we as a little church, we started to fast and pray every first three days of every month of the year, we are standing before the Lord in fasting and prayer, praying for the souls of that country and of, uh, of the whole world, and praying for our ministry and for our vision, God-given uh, vision there in Timisoara and in Romania. And you'll never guess what happened. You see, when somebody is very determined to fast and pray, God is willing to open the heaven for him. Only to find people who are willing to fast and pray. And do you know what? how God answered us? He, he answered us and he shocked the way he answered us. He sent the recession over. So the wave from here came finally over there. And do you know what happened? The prices dropped from 500 per square meter to 150 dollars per square meter. So this is where we are now. And the lady came to us and told me before we came to America and said, Pastor Daniel, I have a thought and I think it is from the Lord. Please divide this big lot of land in square meters and challenge the Christians in America and in Romania and all over the world to buy one square meter 
of land for heaven. So I'm not here to ask, but I'm just telling you what that lady said. You see, he, she said, challenge the people, the Christians, to buy one square meter or ten or a hundred or a thousand. But we as a church there in Romania, in Timisoara, we already bought around 150 square meters. So the rest is, is a piece of cake. So it is, uh, it is to be bought, uh, I mean, we, need, we still need to buy 2,050 square meters. So that is not so much because we believe in a mighty, a powerful, and a rich God. To God be the glory forever and ever and ever. But now I want to go with you a little bit back to the Word of God. But before I do that, I just want to tell you that God had only one son, and he made him a missionary. And this is, I believe, must be applied to every Christian. Not only to full-time missionaries, as I am and the pastor, but I believe that every Christian must be a missionary too. Every Christian must be an evangelist too. Thank you for a loud amen here, right? Because I believe that if you are a Christian, if you are, and if you are not a missionary, I think you are not a Christian. But every Christian must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to every creature. And ladies and gentlemen and brothers and sisters, we, the church of Jesus Christ, is the only solution that God has for this world. We are the solution. You are the solution for this neighborhood, for this country. You, the church, the new hope. You are the solution. We are the solution. But now I want to go with you to the New Testament. Um, and please open the Bible with me uh, to the last book of uh, the Bible, Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 2. And I like, if, if you don't mind, to... To read with me a few verses from the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Let, let's stand. Let's stand uh, while reading the Word of God. Uh, and let's honor the Word. And let's honor our God. Revelation, chapter 2, 1. These are the words of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ speaks, smart people pay attention. And now we are going to read what Jesus is saying to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among, among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and uh, have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the hate from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To whom who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Amen. Please be seated. My, my message won't be long. Because I am in the ministry, I've been in the ministry for, as I told you, for 27 years. And I was studying the mighty Word of God almost every day of my life. I realized from the Word, and I realized from the practice in the church and from my experiences, that there are things in our lives that are not enough. And I just like to mention a few things in our lives that are not enough. The first one, it is not enough to be born once, but twice. It is not enough to be born only once. You must be born again. You must be born only once. You must be not born. You, you must be born not only once, but twice. You see, somebody said, and he was a wise man who said it, if you are born once, you'll die twice. But if you are born twice, you'll die only once. And even that is a probability, because Jesus may come before you'll die. So, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, although it is great to be a religious person, it is not enough. Although it is good to come to the house of God, it is still not enough. You must be born again. Although it's great to know the Word of God, it is still not enough. You must be born again. It's great that you've been born once, but that is not enough. You see, the worst thing that can happen to you is to be born only once. The greatest thing that can happen to you is to be born twice. And that means to be born from the Spirit. That means to be born from, from above. That means that Father, that, that God is becoming and will become you Father. You see, we are all God's creatures. But not all of us here are God's children. To become God's child, you must be born again. You see, a very religious man once went to Jesus. His name was Nicodemus. He was a very religious man. He was a very moral man. And above all, he knew the Bible very well. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And uh, I, uh, a few months ago I read, and the specialist said that not everybody could become a Pharisee in that period of time. But if you wanted to become a Pharisee and to get into that cult and into that religion, you had to know by heart the first five books of the Bible. By heart. And I tend to believe that, that he said the truth. You see, it happens that we don't even know by heart the names of the first books of the Bible. But what about the content? But you see, this very religious man went to Jesus, and Jesus looked at Nicodemus, looked deeply into him, scanned him, and he said, Nicodemus, you must be 
born again. But you see, Nicodemus was a man who was praying, and he prayed many times per day. He went to church, to the synagogue, few times per day again. He fasted two, two days per week. How many of us are fasting two days per week? Not, maybe not in this church, <laughs> but in another church. But you see, this man was a very religious man. And the Lord looked into his heart and said, Nicodemus, you've been born once, but that is not enough. You must be born twice from above, from the Spirit. That is real Christianity. The greatest thing that can happen to you is to be born again. But to be born again now, tonight. But there is another thing that I like to mention to you and that is, that is not enough. It is not enough only to believe in God. But you must obey the God in whom you have believed. Amen. Amen. It is not, you see, if I'll ask the question, how many of you are believing in God? I, I think that every hand will be lifted up. But you see, it is not enough to believe in God, although it is great to believe in God. You see, smart people believe in God, but in the same time that is not enough, because even demons believe in God. That is not enough, so that's why we must obey the Word of God. You see, one thing, one strange thing that is happening in Romania is this. We, the evangelical there, evangelicals there, we are not quite called Christians, but we are called repenters. Why? Because the, the state religion in Romania is Greek Orthodox. So, all these people, they believe in God. 82% of the Romanian population, Romania has around 22, 21 million people. Unfortunately, the abortion rate in Romania is the highest in the world. Around 1 million abortion per year. This is the official rate. Out of 21 million people. It is incredible sad. You see, but all these people, they believe in God. There is only one problem. They never repented. So we started to emphasize a lot. Believe and repent. Repent and believe. And do you know why? The state church started to persecute us. And now, in fact, in spite of the fact that the secret police is still there, they don't persecute us any longer, but the state church is persecuting us. But our God is bigger than the state church. And He, he will continue to protect us. And He will continue to open doors for us to plant new churches. Because I believe that when you plant new churches, when you win people for Christ, you invest in eternity. You see, but it is not enough to believe in God. You must obey the God in whom you have believed. So if you are thinking, well, I, I am a believer, I believe in God. But if you live the way you want to live, that is not Christianity. That may be religion. But that is not Christianity. Because, you see, real faith, real believing in God, it takes you under the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
So when you really, when I really believe in God, I obey God. I repent. There is another thing that is not enough. It is not enough, ladies and gentlemen, it is not enough to love God. Mm -mm. You see, I read this, this incredible important text from Revelation. Ephesus Church. I, I think that you know this passage very well. But you see, Jesus looked at that church. It was a moral church, a healthy church at the surface. They were hard-working church, beautiful church. You, you even wanted to be a member in that church. But Jesus looked very carefully in that church, into that church, and he spotted a very subtle sin. He spotted a very bad sin. And he looked at his church and, and, and he said, listen, you have that good thing, you have that good thing, you have that good thing, you've been persecuted, you resisted, you lost it, you, you, you are good. But Jesus said, I have something though against you. What, Lord? You have abandoned and forsake or forsaken you first love. You see, the, the, the problem of Ephesus church was not that they didn't love God. They loved God. But you know what their problem was? They loved God the way they, they wanted to love God. They didn't love Jesus the way Jesus wanted them to love, to be loved. They, they loved God with what I called a kind of a second-hand love. They didn't love God with their first love. You see, brothers and sisters, the, the, the greatest commandment in the Bible is this. Jesus said it. Love your God, how? With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength and muscles and power. Love Him. But you see, this is the greatest commandment, to love God with all your heart. Not only 95%, but all your heart. Do you know, this is the greatest commandment, do you know which is the greatest sin? It's not to love God with all your heart. The greatest commandment is love God with all your heart. The greatest sin is not to love God with all your heart, but is to love Him a little bit. I, I learned something very interesting in America. Do you know what? I, I, I went car looking. I love... No, not love. I like cars. I don't love them. I like cars. I'm a man. I like cars. My, my, my wife is a woman, she likes uh, shopping, uh, alright, but I like cars. And uh, I went uh, to a dealership in Pennsylvania, we lived three, for three weeks in Pennsylvania. And uh, I went to a dealer, car dealer there, and I asked him, uh, Sir, do you have, have any second-hand cars? In Europe, we call them, the used cars, we call them second-hand cars. And he looked at me and said, No, sir, we don't have second-hand cars. We, 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 we have only pre-owned cars. And do you know what I realized? 
they were offended. The idea was offensive. I'm not going to display here a sign where it is written, I sell second hand. And even, uh, they don't even uh, use this expression, used cars, but pre-owned. It it sounds so, uh, not so offensive, hey. It's not second hand, but it's something else. You see, it's the same thing, but we name it something else. And now, imagine if the human beings don't like the expression second hand. What about our Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know what was the sin of the Ephesus church? They love God, but with a kind of a second hand love. They didn't love God with their first love. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you now a question, and I hope I won't offend you again. How many of you men are married? Please lift your hand. If you are married, lift your hand. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Now, let me tell you something. And I take the risk. (laughs) You see, some of you raised your hands like this. And that is great. Others... Raise your hands like this. So, what on earth does that mean? You see, I'm sorry for you, you see. (laughs) Lord, have mercy on us, you see. You see, gentlemen, I'm talking with men, with the men now. I hope you won't stone me afterwards. (laughs) I hope not. <laughs> Do, I, I want to ask you another question. Do you remember how you lived and how you behaved when you were in love? And how do you love now? You remember how kind you were at your first love? When you were in love? You, 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 you remembered how, how nice you were. You opened the door for her to get out, to get in. You even uh, helped her with the chair. You see, take it out and, I mean, not to fall, you see. But, uh, I mean, you, 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 you helped. I mean, you, you behaved like a gentleman. Do you know what else did, did we do when we were in love? We even took them flowers. How about now? You see, I'm writing books. I'm, well, I'm a little Romanian author there, a writer. And uh, my last book that I'm working uh, now uh, uh, for, it's called uh, The Happiness Factory. And one of the titles there, it is called The Difference of Loving and Being, or, or Falling in Love and Love. Uh, I don't know if this goes pretty well in English, but did you understand uh, what I meant? You are smart people, believe me. If you understand me, you are smart people. But uh, 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 years ago, we had a visit from a family couple from Germany. They are both uh, doctors, uh, physicians, and um, I led uh, them to Christ, and... uh, we were sitting there in uh, in our backyard. You you have to know that in Romania uh, every house is fenced. It's not like here. I mean, uh, I have to tell you something, but don't tell this to anyone else. 
America is the prettiest thing I ever saw in my life. Believe me. I saw Australia. I saw Europe. America is the prettiest country. Don't take it for granted. Please. You'll, you'll do a great mistake. I invite you to live with us one year in Romania. And then I will send you back. And then you'll kiss the ground of this country. But you see, that, that, that lady came and we were talking and uh, um, sharing. And she said a word. Uh, she used a few words that I'll never forget them. And that's why I started to write a chapter in, that, in my book, uh, The Happiness Factory, about her. And she said something like this. Well, she said, I'm not in love anymore with my husband, but I love him. I'm not falling in love with my husband, but I I love him. And since then, I started to think, to to, to meditate, which is the difference between being fallen in love and just loving. And I started to find differences. Do you know what their sin was in the churches Ephesus? They loved God. And I believe everybody that came here this evening, you love God. You came here because you love God, and that is great. But I have just this question to ask you. How do you love God? You love God the way you want Him, the, the way you want to love Him? Or you love God with your first love? You see, this is a very subtle sin. To love God the way you want Him to love, to be loved. But Jesus said, I'm not happy with a second-hand love. I want you to love me with your first love. And he, he, He came with the solution. And He said, the solution is this, repent. And go back to your first love. You see... They were in a huge spiritual danger. Although they were active, although they were hard working, maybe the music was good, maybe the preaching was good, maybe they even planted churches. They were hard working. But when our Lord Jesus looked at them carefully, He said, you are in a huge danger. You have to repent and start loving me with your first love. Because if you don't repent, Jesus said and warned them, I'll come to you and I'll remove the lampstand. When you build uh, this building, this beautiful building, and I have to, to tell you that from time to time, even now, when I saw this building, I was suffering of uh, what I called a holy jealousy, you see. I mean, it's so nice, so pretty, so beautiful. God bless you. But you see, if we don't love God with our own, with, with our full and whole, lo- whole heart, He is going to reject that. But when you, when you build this building, before you started to build it, you need a permit. Alright? From the local authority. Is that, is that true? Alright. That, uh, that, that applies everywhere. But it, the same thing applies in the spiritual world. As a church... We, we receive from God a kind of a spiritual permit 
to function. And the Spirit is in there and is working. But you know what? Jesus said, if you don't repent, I'll come to you and I'll remove. I'll take away your spiritual permit. And you'll be disqualified. And in spite of the fact that you'll continue to worship me, you'll become just a religious club. And God doesn't bless his religious clubs. But he's, he's blessing people who repent and start loving him with their first love. And you'll never guess what. This church in Ephesus didn't repent. Do you know why? I know. Today in Ephesus there is no church. There is no church. There is no Christian church. There is no evangelical church. There is nothing. Why? Because Jesus saw their danger they were in. He warned them, gave them the recipe, the solution. He said, repent. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that authentic Christianity involves repentance. Involve repentance. Where there is no repentance, there is no Christ present. Where there is no repentance, there is no brokenness of heart. Where there is no repentance, there is not a new thinking. And I like the title here, The New Hope. You see, repentance means a new thinking, a new and a changed mind, and a changed attitude, and a changed life, but, uh, but through and only through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. And I like to finish with these words, the fourth thing. It is not enough to be a Christian, a born-again Christian, but you must be full of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, and I believe when Paul, in, F, in, uh, the, uh, in his letter of uh, Ephesians 5.18, he, he speaks about this commandment uh, of, of being full with the Spirit. Don't be uh, full with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you know what I mean, uh, what I think he means by that? I'm not quite a great theologian. I'm just old, but not great. And big maybe. But I think that he's talking about holiness there. And power. Holiness and power. It, it, it is not enough just to be a born again Christian. That is good. This is where we start. From. But we must seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That, and only that, is real and authentic Christianity. I don't know if I'll ever come back here. I just want to thank you again for having us here. But this, this was the message that the Lord put in my heart to share with the American churches. I hope I didn't offend anyone. So, in a few seconds I'll get down there. But please, pray for us. If the Lord put on your heart, support us on a regular basis. That will be a great encouragement. And I believe that uh, the Lord will continue to bless you. May the Lord bless you and fill you with His Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless America. And may the Lord bless you families. And may the Lord bless, bless Romania too. To God be the glory forever.
and ever and ever. Amen. And if we'll never meet each other here, I'll wait for you in heaven. If you get there before me, wait for me. I'm coming. You see, but never forget, love God with your first love. Only in that way we'll get there. Amen.